Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ramblin' Rev. My name is Scott Dalen. I'm an ELCA pastor in Southwest Iowa, and I produce these episodes every week for a couple of different reasons. The first of which is to take my brain out of the mode of background work over the course of the week and move into the process of preparing a sermon that I'll preach to my congregation for the weekend. That's the first. And the second is just to allow you, the listener, to gain some different insight into the assigned text for the week. So that is why I do these. This particular Sunday, which is... January 5th, 2020. Happy New Year out there, our first Sunday of the new year. Uh, Also the second Sunday of Christmas. Our gospel lesson for this week comes out of John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18. Now just a word on dates. Uh, We are managing the second Sunday of Christmas this time around. Every year the season of Christmas is 12 days after Christmas and usually we only manage to have one Sunday during those 12 days before we hit January 6th. January 6th is always the day of Epiphany. Uh, That is the day when we celebrate the visit of the Magi, the wise men, to the infant Jesus or to the baby Jesus. That's always on that specific date. And because of that, with the way the calendar falls, usually we don't get the second Sunday of Christmas. It just kind of doesn't happen. This year it does. And as a happens to turn out we are just one day before Epiphany. Every time we do have the second Sunday of Christmas, this is the assigned text here out of John 1. Now, this particular text is known as the prologue to John's gospel. Uh, It's actually kind of a favorite passage of mine. An old seminary professor uh, was very big into the gospel of John, always talked about how in many ways it can almost be considered the table of contents to what you're going to find in the gospel itself. And I think that there's definitely something to that. This is John's version of the incarnation uh, when the divine being that uh, is also human became that. Now, there's no birth narrative like we have in Matthew and Luke, which is fine. But it's certainly a more cosmic look at it. And where we find uh, the other ones to be from a very human perspective at different levels. Uh, Luke is very much at ground level, human perspective. Matthew's a little bit more divine in origin as we have the divine dreams around Joseph that kind of really make that part up. Here in John, this it, it's very, very cosmic, very divine in nature. Um, one other note on this, of course, it's the beginning of the gospel. And uh, as such, all four gospels do have a, what could be considered to be an introduction. Uh, the, the most minimal one being Matthew. Matthew jumps right into the gospel with the genealogy of Jesus. Mark's is very short with just like pretty much half a sentence introduction about the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. And then Luke has a little intro between the author and Theophilus of why he's doing this in the first place. But but John has the longest introduction, and it's this whole thing. But uh, how about I go ahead and read it, uh, and then we'll get into it a little bit more. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world that came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. All right, so that's the passage. The different Gospels start at different points. Mark starts actually with Jesus fully grown. It starts at the the point of his baptism, or really with John the Baptist, but, but starts at the point of Jesus' baptism. Luke and uh, Matthew both start with the genealogies and uh, kind of go go back that far. But here in John, we see the tie of the divine logos, the divine word of God, the the, the voice of God, maybe, or, or the action of God. I don't even know what to call it, but regardless, whatever it is, going all the way back to the beginning. And we have it tied clear back to the, the beginning of Genesis. In the beginning, they start the same way. And of course, this is about the incarnation, about the divine becoming flesh and living among us or dwelling among us. That's the Greek word meno, which means to dwell, to, to abide. And as we think about this, this action of incarnation, there's actually two different points that show up here in the prologue. And I think they're both kind of important. We have the word became flesh. That's, that's the obvious one. But the other one is the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not understood it or the darkness has not overcome it. Some thoughts on, on that, just in the tense of the original language, we have present active tense of the light shining, which means ongoing action. The light is shining and it's still shining. It's ongoing. Darkness has not overcome it. So even though the presence of darkness is still in the world, uh, something I talked about in my sermon last week, we still have the presence of God in the world. This is the incarnation. This is God's presence showing up in the world in a tangible way. And what I think is interesting as we consider this, as we tie it into between Genesis and now John, with them starting the same way, it should put us in mind of the creation account back in Genesis 1, Genesis 2. That's intentional on the part of the evangelist. As I think about it, the first thing we have incarnationally is the light shining. And think about the order of creation, especially in the first account in Genesis 1. The first thing that God does is say, let there be light and there was light. The first item of creation, item is a weird word, but the first action of creation is light. And so perhaps we see that the presence of God in our reality, in our world as we know it, as we experience it, began at the instant of creation, however creation started, and I'm not talking about the how here, that's what science tells us, but the, the root cause being God, that, that somehow God created it. And the first thing that God created was light. And so with the beginning of God's action of creation, we already see the presence of God in the world. And I think that's important. We hear in different parts of scripture the different ways that God speaks to us, that God has spoken through the prophets and God has spoken through the scriptures. And in later days, God has spoken through the Son, the presence of God 
as as Jesus, the you know the Christ event, God tangibly coming into the world as something or someone that we can see and experience. And yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, we profess that that God is still among us, that God dwells in us. There's that abide again, that 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 meno that I mentioned before. And yet the presence of God has been around since the beginning. We see evidence of God's action, evidence of God's presence within creation itself, within the very act of, of light shining in darkness, within the very light or the act of, of the sun coming up every day because of the rotation of the earth. And I think that is all important to, to consider as, as we are here at the tail end of Christmas. You know, Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the, the presence of God within the world. But we recognize that God's presence is not limited simply to Jesus. And that's important, as I mentioned, because of what we profess to be true now that we are the body of Christ, united and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Christ is in heaven with the Creator, and the Creator exists, and there are fingerprints of, of God's action all around us. And that's really what I want to focus in on, especially in dark times. Um, we got troubling news. Again, there was troubling news last Sunday that I focused in on, if you happen to catch my sermon. There's troubling news that broke yesterday in the Middle East with, with bombings and tension and the possibility of retaliation. There are dark things happening, and we need to look for the presence of the light. I, I sort of feel a bit like a broken record, like it's the same thing I said uh, a week ago, sermon-wise, uh, even though that wasn't necessarily my intention going into the weekend. That's what ended up happening. And yet, sometimes we need to continue to hear it that this broken world, God is still present within it. God's action is still going, and somehow God is still in the, in the process of reconciling this broken world through Christ. We may not completely understand what's going on, and yet that's what's happening. And maybe the last thing I could say is that last testimony. And you know, we have the testimony of John. He's not the Baptist here in John's gospel. He's the witness, or the testifier. He testified to the light so that the world may know it. And But we hear that grace and truth came through Christ. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Grace that goes beyond our, our understanding, or truth that goes beyond our understanding. And yet we're invited into it. And we get little glimpses of it. And I think that's what we find here at the tail end of the season of Christmas, is those little glimpses of the presence of God among us. That we have, a, we have a God who will dwell among us in different ways. That's what's happening. That's the direction I'm going to go with the sermon. So I want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. If you are a fan of these, you can always hit subscribe and you'll continue to get them every week when they pop up. If you would also consider leaving a review, if you happen to be listening to this on iTunes, that would be great. Those reviews and those ratings are great for uh, getting this out in front of uh, more eyes, so that or eyes, ears, really, as the case may be, uh, so that they can experience it as well. Otherwise, I hope you have a blessed week. We will catch you next time.